Now, knowing what to reveal, what to keep confidential, how much to reveal is a very important commercial skill that you need to develop. Hello and welcome to Brandtuned, the only podcast on branding which includes related disciplines like intellectual property that are fundamental to growing a brand. I'm Shireen Smith, lawyer, brand strategist, and curious business owner, keen to discover what moves the needle in branding. This episode of a previous audio that I've recorded is quite an important one for all businesses to listen to as it explains ideas, what protection they have, how to manage them and develop your business acumen. It's called How to Protect Ideas Against Theft. Today, I'm going to discuss how to protect ideas against theft by competitors and others. Pablo Picasso reportedly once said, good artists copy, great artists steal. And the general thrust of that quote is very true to life generally because thieves and copycats are as rife in business as in every walk of life. Now, you may think that intellectual property is there to protect ideas. You know, we like to think that ideas emanate from us and therefore belong to us. Because basically, as humans, we're quite territorial. Just think of the border disputes between countries. You know, people arguing over garden fences, having their favorite mug in the office, or even a partner leaning on their partner at a party subconsciously to let everyone know that the partner's taken. So we have our own spaces and we've grown used over the millennia to other people respecting the boundaries as we put them up. Biologically, the purpose for being territorial is survival, just like in the animal kingdom. However, unlike the animals, our need to protect our space, our property, has evolved beyond the biological. You know, it's common to want to claim ideas, to want other people to know that we were first with the idea we want to own our idea. At the very least, we want to be credited with an idea. However, the only way to protect a bare idea is to keep it secret. Now, knowing what to reveal, what to keep confidential, how much to reveal is a very important commercial skill that you need to develop. Because confidentiality is actually one of the core three IP rights, it's a very important way in which ideas, systems, processes, databases are protected. And it's relevant globally because confidentiality is an important intellectual property right everywhere. I'll discuss it much more in future episodes. Now, 
everything you might imagine starts with an idea. Just think about it. So if you're wondering how much to reveal about your ideas, if you're worried that they might be copied, you know, that on the other hand, people say, well, an idea has no value. It's all about how it's implemented, whether it's valuable or not. But still, does that really mean that because ideas are to a penny, you should go revealing all your ideas to other people? Well, no, of course not. Remember, every great innovation began simply as an idea in someone's head. And also, always remember that the patent system will only grant a patent on innovations that are not in the public domain. In other words, you've got to keep it secret if you think it might potentially be patentable. The trade-off that the state gives us, if you like, for revealing our ideas is a monopoly right. So keeping them secret initially is a vital way of protecting ideas. The rationale behind IP is to encourage new ideas and creativity. It's really an economic incentive given by society in order to innovate and contribute to technological process, progress. So the state is constantly doing this balancing act. This is something I'll come back to again and again because it's a core issue within IP. So the rights that they give have to be strong enough to encourage the creation of intellectual goods and divulging of information in return for a patent, but not so strong as to stifle creativity or prevent the wider use of those ideas. So use of NDAs, confidentiality agreements, they're all basically covered by NDA, which means non-disclosure agreement. If you want to share your idea with third parties, then you need to do it carefully using an NDA. Um, and you should ask someone to sign it before you actually reveal anything to them. And if somebody won't sign it, then, you know, be, be careful. However much you may want to reveal the idea to them, weigh up whether you should or not. Now, if that information leaks out into the public domain, it's no longer protected. So you need to be careful who you reveal your ideas to, because you would risk losing everything if you reveal too much too soon and reveal it to people who would then leak it out into the public domain. You might lose your lead time, depending on what it is, if it's an idea to develop something. So basically, the at worst, competitors might improve and beat you to it, leaving you with a substandard product. So you've got to be very canny. Think about it. You know, not that long ago, there was no such thing as a low-cost airline, no, you know, budgeting, no-frills airline. Then suddenly, they were everywhere. Even British Airways is one. 
Now, clearly the chief executives of all these airlines didn't all come up with the same idea at the same time. Of course not. One led and as soon as it became clear that this new model was liked by the public, the rest followed and copied the idea. So you need to expect copying. If you're coming up with something innovative, expect that others will jump on the bandwagon and copy. So there's a fine line between creating sufficient awareness of the offer and revealing too much to competitors. So, you know, don't put yourself at a disadvantage. The, there are huge commercial advantages to being first to market, but you do need to constantly improve and refine your offering if you're to maintain that advantage. You want to keep staying ahead of the rest. You know, they copy you, but you've moved on and actually improved the product and learned new insights. That's how it works with competitors. Remember Microsoft's tablet PC, you know, it was introduced 10 years before Apple launched the iPad. Had Microsoft spent 10 years from 2000 to 2010 refining and improving it as new technologies emerged and new opportunities for improving it emerged, it would have maintained its lead. There's no way Apple could have caught up with it. However, and Apple wouldn't be the biggest company in the world right now. So the lesson is from that scenario that if an idea is before its time, either don't rush in if doing so will tip off competitors like Apple and who will then run with your idea or launch and keep improving the product, constantly improving. You just can't stay static. You know, Microsoft's tablet PC did precede Apple's PC by 10 years. But because Microsoft didn't keep improving it, you know, it was initially, it didn't make a big impact in the world because it was too clunky. The technology was just not advanced enough. But, you know, the time for it wasn't right unless Microsoft was going to keep working on it and improving it. So the lesson that most tech CEOs took away from this scenario was that if Microsoft can't make a tablet computer work, then nobody can. Of course, Steve Jobs took a different view because that was Steve. He was, you know, quite an innovative thinker. The rest is history, really. When he launched the iPad, it was revolutionary. But remember, it wasn't Apple's idea initially. Now, some ideas need to be launched and developed very fast because, you know, that's just the nature of them. If they're going to attract copycats and you've got a good idea, then you've got to be ready to really push forward very quickly with it. 
and to go to market, promote it, gain traction, make sure that the proposition is properly developed and implemented before launch. You know, recruit beta customers to test it, get feedback, possibly use an NDA. But if you've got something that you think is innovative and that is going to catch on, it's essential that you launch properly and don't then have to mess around trying to get it right when all the competitors will pile in and begin coming up with their own versions. So use of confidentiality is also a very powerful way of protecting methodologies or recipes. You know, just think of Coca-Cola, it's reportedly kept its um, its formula secret for a hundred years. Another example is the late teacher Michelle Thomas, who was a language teacher, and he achieved remarkable results in a very short space of time in teaching foreign languages. You know, it was just amazing the progress his students were able to make. And he was quite canny because he kept the methodology secret and his clients paid very high rates in order to learn languages fast. Um, you know, he was able to achieve results with all ages, with all backgrounds, and he chose to keep his methods secret. They were closely guarded, actually, in order to maintain his competitive advantage. You know, he was in his 80s, in the final decade of his life, before he allowed anyone except his paying students to see um, how his teaching methods work, you know, elements of it. There was a television program where he worked with some disadvantaged students. His methodology now earns his estate vast sums. So consider, do you have a similarly valuable uh, method, knowledge? Is there some secret source within your business that would prevent competitors taking advantage of your hard work um, if you didn't reveal it, you know? So you need to think carefully about anything that you choose to divulge to the world. But be realistic. Having said all that, it is important not to get overly paranoid about what you've got. So you've got to try and stay objective when weighing up the competition. Because, you know, while you've been busy working on your idea, your competitors have also been busy working on their own ideas too. Even if they learn about what you're doing, they may not have the time or the means or even the inclination to shift resources away from their own projects just to copy yours. So you need to consider that, you know, is it actually as interesting to them as you think it's going to be? And even if they do have the means to copy you, they may not actually be as big a threat as you first imagine. You know, if they're a big business, 
bear in mind that the internal processes of these very big businesses could be very bureaucratic, it might be cumbersome for them to immediately pursue new directions. So that is something to bear in mind if they are huge. And also, you know your market inside out. Only you can judge what to publish, when to publish, and also, you know, whether you've got something unique that you bring to the table that it wouldn't matter if somebody copied. So just be realistic so you can temper your fears with a large dose of realism. And bear in mind, though, that copyright does not protect the underlying ideas. It only protects the way you express them. So don't get a false sense of security from the fact that you're going to have copyright if you publish your ideas. Still, you may wonder where that leaves you when you have a good idea. On the whole, it's right to be concerned. You know, if you had to balance it, I would say balance it on the side of being more concerned than less concerned about revealing your ideas. You know, the copying of ideas may pose a serious threat to your business. The more crucial your idea, then the more steps you should probably take to protect it. Think it through carefully and decide whether your innovative idea needs to stay secret permanently. You know, I mentioned Coca-Cola just now, how they chose to keep it a secret formula. They could have applied for a patent, but instead, for a hundred years, they've reportedly kept it secret. And they haven't done that by accident. It's actually a whole systems and processes have been created to maintain the secrecy only three people within the organization at any one time apparently have access to the secret formula. So if you decide that your idea needs to be kept secret either for a while or forever, then act accordingly and create proper boundaries around it using the right sort of agreements with your team members, with anyone you work with, you know, you need to think it through very carefully and probably get advice. If you decide that it actually doesn't merit high degrees of protection, I would say still keep your ideas close to your chest while you're developing your plans without obsessing unnecessarily. For example, for many ideas, even if a competitor takes inspiration, you will still offer something unique to potential customers, you know, something that only you can bring to the table due to your past experience, your personality, the way you are, you know, think that through. But on the other hand, don't assume you're unique if you're not. So as Apple showed with the iPod, the iPhone and the iPad, it's how an idea is implemented rather than the idea itself that determines how well it's received in the market. So, you know, what have we learned? Firstly, 
that keeping ideas secret is fundamental to protecting them. And in business, you need to be very, very aware of this. And it's the same the world over, whether you're from you know, the States or Australia, whatever part of the world you're in, this is actually a fundamental business principle. And when you do have new ideas, carefully weigh up who you're going to disclose them to and how. That's how you manage the bloody world of competition. You know, the stealing of ideas is rife in business, so be thoughtful about which ideas you reveal. If you may want to protect an idea, for example, so as not to lose the possibility of patenting or, you know, registering, say, a name as a trademark, be rigorous before divulging it. Even an NDA won't necessarily protect your idea if it leaks out into the public domain. On the other hand, if your idea isn't that critically secret, then maybe you could drop the use of NDAs if, while you're developing it, but still keep ideas close to your chest. Some ideas, such as secret recipes, may need permanent secrecy as a strategy and strong use of confidentiality restrictions. Then, apart from these insights, I think the second ones that I would um, draw to your attention is that if you introduce an innovative product into the market, you must constantly improve and refine it. That's how you maintain your competitive advantage. You know, don't just sit back on your laurels and think, great, I've launched this thing. I was first to market, it's proved popular. No, be very, very uh, wary. In fact, if it doesn't prove popular, then you don't need to do that much. But if it does prove popular, then you need to keep refining it. Although obviously if it's before its time and like the Microsoft tablet, then you do need to keep improving it in order to make it ready for the market. And then thirdly, it's all about how well an idea is implemented. So be realistic about competitors, what they could do if they discovered your idea. You know, what do you uniquely bring to the table that is just uncopyable and therefore protects you? If an idea isn't easily copyable and you're not concerned about competitors beating you to the punch, you know, it's no big innovation, it's just a product you're introducing, then as I've just said, you know, Give yourself the freedom to implement the idea by dropping the NDAs. There's no need to use NDAs at every twist and turn. Not everyone is happy to sign them. So if you don't really need them, don't use them. It, you know, don't be formulaic, in other words, about NDAs. Really consider why you're asking someone to sign one, because people don't like being asked to sign one. 
So focusing on one of the general principles of IP that apply to businesses the world over, whatever country you may be located in, is confidentiality. It's a basic intellectual property principle that you know will apply to you. And my focus really is predominantly on business principles of IP rather than the legal minutiae. You know, the legal minutiae will differ in every country because every country will have its own case law. But the fact that every country respects confidentiality as an IP right is something to take on board here. So if you want to start, grow or exit a business and manage the risks and opportunities correctly, then sign up to the Legally Branded Academy where really you can learn the essential actions to protect your IP, get checklists and templates and you know, a wealth of resources. It's a five-week course. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this. Bye. Next week, my guest is Alison Edgar, the entrepreneur godmother who helps businesses with sales. If you've listened to the podcast to this point, please do like, share or rate it. If you have an important message to share that would be relevant to listeners, then do connect with me and let me know. You can find me on most platforms, but perhaps the best one to use is LinkedIn.